Welcome back, everybody, to a brand new episode of Talking Schmodown. I am here with episode 65, uh, and I am your host, Josh the Merc Rainer, and we've got a lot, lot to talk about. Uh, I was out last week, wasn't feeling great, uh, a lot of stuff going on over the last couple of weeks. Um, uh, my best friend's mom passed away, so I was gone for for a few days, and uh, you know, but I wanted to make sure that I got back in here and uh and got you all the great schmodown talk that you deserve and uh i'm really excited to talk about it because uh last week was nuts and uh this past one was uh also kind of crazy a lot of a lot of a lot of stuff going on friday night titans is really heating up so i'm really excited to talk about it but before we get into uh the two events uh i want to talk uh, about one, one of the things that uh kind of popped up during the press conference i watched uh the most recent press conference and uh christian was talking a bit about the star wars division now i've talked about this on on the show before um how he's not really sure what they're gonna do with the star wars division they're trying to figure all that out and that's still kind of the case um but he brought up the uh, the idea of you know kind of having people give their ideas as well and uh, it got me thinking about how I would get the Star Wars division uh, kind of up and running uh, again during this this new uh, era, so to speak. And had a couple of, of different uh, ideas. One I really doubt he would be into, uh, and that is making it digital. You know, whether it's you know a bunch you know single digital matches or just like a digital tournament, kind of like how they did last year on Twitch. Um, I think that would be I'd probably be one of the easier ways to do it. You know, like I said, I know he does not like digital at all, uh, but at least then it would be getting these players some exposure and some play, some you know, uh, some play time. And you know, you could do like the big matches, like you could do like the number one contender match, you could do the title match on Friday Night Titans or on a pay per view, and uh, and keep the rest of it digital. But if that is not the way, you know, as I said, most likely. He would want to go. I was, my other thought was, this is something that I've been saying ever since I saw the new studio. The player desks are a perfect setup for a four-way match. You know, you can have four competitors up there at a time. And back in the day, when Star Wars first started, both Star Wars and Inner Geekdom, three, four, five-way matches were a very common thing in those divisions. And so, I think bringing back those multiplayer matches, a four-way match for Star Wars, maybe once a month, do a four-way Star Wars match. You know, you get the Star Wars players get some exposure. They get, like I said, some some play time, and you can lead up toward a number one contender match. You know, uh, have maybe four of them, and then the winners of each of those. You know, you know, you could do a lot of things with that. And then the you know the, the title match could be like that could be the big pay-per-view event. But I really want the Star Wars division to come back. Now I'm not I don't know a lot about the Star Wars, you know what I mean? Like I, I love the movies. But <laughs> these questions are typically over my head. But it's a division that I think has grown in such popularity that it needs to come back in some way, shape, or form. The, there's a huge fan base for it, uh, and there's a lot of amazing talent that has come out of the last couple of years that if we don't get a Star Wars division, then we're never going to see again because these most of these players were strictly Star Wars, and that's it. They didn't do any of the other divisions. And so, you know, like, like Gold Leader and Laura Kelly and the Damons, I mean... Alex has kind of dipped his toe into uh, um, inner geekdom a bit, but wasn't great at it. You know, Thomas Harper, obviously, you know, there are so many amazing players. I feel like it would be a huge shame to to never see them play again, you know. And so I really hope he's able to fi figure it out because uh, it, it needs to happen. It needs to happen. So, all right, we're going to get into uh, the actual schmodown events that we have taken place over the last couple of weeks we got a lot that happened we got a new champ 
We had an old team come back and dominate. A lot of great stuff going on here. So uh, I'm really excited to get into everything, and I hope you are as well. So, um, But before we actually dive into Friday Night Titans number four, the pay-per-view, uh, earlier last week there was a lot of debate going on. Might have even been in, in you know, uh, like the week before and coming in about who Sam Levine should team with. You know, like we all know Sam Levine, amazing singles player, and he was an amazing teams player as well. He was teamed up with Drew McWeeny back in the day. They won the titles and had a great run. Now everybody's wondering, like, well, who who should he team with? Who should he team with? They're throwing out all these names, Dan Merle and everything. Uh, getting back together with Drew McWeeny. And I'll be honest with you, after seeing what he did in these two matches that he has played, I think he needs to just stick to singles. Focus on the one division. Really focus. Not worry about another player or any of that stuff. Because I personally do not want to see him back together with Drew McWeeny. Because I want to see him have a feud with Drew McQueenie. I don't know where he is in the standings right now. Um, because as we know, as we've watched the paper, for those of you who watched the pay-per-view, if you didn't, don't know why you're watching this. This is all spoilers. <laughs> uh, but he is now the new champ. So if we are going to get, you know, to have a feud with, with Drew, Drew's going to have to work his way back up through um, the ranks. But that's something I would really like to see. You know, former teammates, now bitter rivals. Uh, I think that would make for awesome television, personally. So that's kind of what I'm hoping for. Let me know what you guys think. Uh, if, you know, if you're here, if you're, you can hop in the comments. Or you can just hit me up on Twitter at MovieBlogMerk, uh, as you can see down there at the bottom of the screen, um, on Twitter. And let me know your thoughts. Uh, I'd love to hear, um, you know, is, that a, is that a feud you'd like to see? Or are you really dead set on, on Sam having a teammate as well and getting back to being the double champ? I mean, either way, it'll be interesting no matter what the, they choose to do. I, I trust Harloff in, in the decisions that he's been making. So uh, no, whatever happens, uh, I'll be there for it. So, All right. So we're going to get into this this pay-per-view from uh, you know the two weeks ago. And uh, I got to say, probably the best previously on of the season so far it was beautifully done it pulled from multiple seasons past uh it was like one of the first times really that they've done that they've been kind of mostly sticking with uh like the end of last season and like spectacular time and uh the stuff that they've already done this season for the previously on but this one this one was fantastic uh and I, i'm not sure who's doing the, the video packages uh, anymore because I'm pretty sure Nerd Chronic retired from that for from the Schmodown. Um, so I'm not sure who's doing it now, but bravo. Uh, I think it was very, very well done. All right. So we got our first scene Marisol and Shannon. Uh, they're talking, uh, you know, everything that happened the previous week with Adam Collins still taking a toll on them. And Shannon is, she's blaming herself. For everything uh, that that went on, she she's trying really hard to apologize uh, to Marisol for everything, and she even goes as far as to tell Marisol that she would understand if she wanted to leave corruption and go somewhere else. Which I was like, wow, you know, she fought so hard to keep Marisol on corruption. It's, that's a huge thing to see her saying that she would be okay with it. Um, based on the things that she's done that means that she's really feeling remorseful about everything that she she's done um and she doesn't do that you know what i mean uh marisol she she's gonna stand by uh, by shannon she knows that shannon messed up you can kind of you can see it in her face when they're talking she knows that shannon messed up but she's she's not willing to just continue to punish her for that you know because that's not what what she wants corruption to be anymore um, Shannon says, you know, they're gonna, they're gonna start playing this, playing this legit, you know, they're gonna play with dignity from now on, except when it comes to Gucci, which I totally agree with. 
And it got me wondering, is this the official face turn for Corruption, for Shannon and Corruption? Now, during the match that we see uh, during this pay-per-view, you know, she gets a little... She, there's still a little bit of that Shannon in there, um, of course. But it's 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 still not as much as we have seen it over the last two years. And so the thought of Shannon going face and taking corruption face i think is really intriguing i would love because like we've seen mike do it he, he was faced before i don't think he's as compelling of a character when he's when he's not the heel but could they could they do a tweener kind of thing where they're kind of riding the line maybe i don't know i don't see marisol as a heel i never have she's been on a heel faction um, but I've never seen her as a heel personally. She's she's just a beast. She gets shit done, you know. And so I think if anybody can get Shannon and Corruption that, to that point, it'll be Marisol. Um, I wonder if Chance can do it though. You know what I mean? Like we've seen Chance throughout several years, several seasons of this of the Schmodown. And honestly, nothing has ever told me that he could he could play a face. But you never know. You never know. Um, I'd be interested uh, to see if this is kind of where it goes and uh, how it will affect the cohesion of this team, of this faction. So I guess we'll have to see. Uh, then we get a uh, another scene. We got Shazam and Koi, and they're doing some strategy talk. Uh, and then... Christian Harloff comes in, he walks in, and he wants to talk about teams. You know, Shazam has, uh, you know, a match coming up, but he, he can't find a number one contender for them. You know, he says, uh, you know, press room's not available, uh, the wild berries aren't available, none of these teams are available. He says, but there's one, one team. And of course, that team is Corruption. And... <laughs> They're not. They're not pleased with this. You know, they have. They've had more than enough scuffles with with the corruption. And uh, Koi says that if if this is what's going to happen, if corruption is going to be the the team that they have to face for the titles, then there has to be a stipulation here. And that stipulation is when Shazam wins, not if, but when. And I agree with Koi. When Shazam wins, corruption splits up. Now. This goes along with what I was just talking about. If corruption loses, this can be the catalyst for what pushes the, the faction corruption uh, to the next level. Okay? Um, to, to get into that, to that face uh, level that I was talking about. Because Mike can... He can be a face that's not like a like, like a like a goody goody baby face. You know what I mean? He can be like a serious face. I believe he can do that. Uh, I just like I said, I don't know if Chance can do that. So if if in in my opinion, when they lose, Chance can move on somewhere else. And I think then I think really that's the only way that they're going to really be able to take the faction of corruption and make it face if that's what they're going for. I don't know. I'm just speculating here. That's the fun of all this. So I'd love to hear your guys' thoughts. Uh, again, if you're watching, drop into the comments. Let me know. Otherwise, hit me up on Twitter at MovieBlogMerk. Let me know your thoughts on uh, where you would like to see corruption go, uh, what you think the path might be for the faction, for the team, uh, everything in between. All right. So we're going to get into that first match. William Bibiani versus Chance Ellison. Uh, we finally got an entrance. You know, I was, as I was watching this match, I said, I really need to see Bibbs come out to an entrance. Because that was a big thing that he did all the time. Huge entrances. And so I was so delighted when we actually got an entrance here. And this was a cool one. It was this high concept meta uh, entrance where they were like protesting that they should be able to do a high concept entrance. 
and in turn that meant they were doing it it was really interesting to see and uh i loved it it was a great uh way to kind of break back into the big entrances um and uh, as we see in this week we got another uh big entrance which I'll, I'll talk about later which was really cool as well um and so we get into this first round and they stay real level with one another nobody goes perfect here it's a eight to eight at the end of that first round but you know these these two players you know they're top level players you know but you know even even the best can have some uh some slips and falls here and there and uh but like i said they stayed level with one another you know no no big big gaps in points or anything like that no big snafus so uh that was great to see um then we get into round two and the very first thing i noticed about round two the wheel seems to have been loosened up a bit from the previous uh weeks where it was real it seemed real tight and uh i really pleased that they loosened up that wheel because it was just really awkward how just short the spins would be and they just stopped real fast uh and so the fact that they loosen it up a bit it gives it a little bit more drama that wheel spins a little bit more you know you don't know where it's gonna go uh so i'm glad that they did that uh so chance is up first and he winds up on kevin smith and uh this is a category that i personally love i love kevin smith and uh there was i think one question that i missed if i'm not mistaken and uh it was because I just wasn't thinking and it was that mall rights one. And I felt stupid about it because, uh, like that, that tagline it's, it's like, it's obvious, but I don't know why in my brain, I just was not thinking about it. Um, at, at the time for some, for some reason, uh, and I, and I thought it was something else, but, uh, yeah, it, he, he does pretty good here. Um, misses one luckily for him though. Uh, Bibbs not able to capitalize uh on this one here and uh unfortunately for bibs why this winds up putting him behind coming out of this round uh, at the end uh but bibs gets historical epics and dramas though this is a category that like most people uh kind of try to avoid you know it's 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 really awkwardly broad and it, there could be there's so many different things that could be in this thing um and they're the kind of movies I feel like that aren't typically focused on by most people who watch movies. And so it tends to be a little bit harder. Um, but Bibbs, he's a, he's a different kind of, to, to use his nickname, a different kind of beast. And uh, he does he does really well in this as well. Um, but, you know, also missing one just like Chance. However, Chance was able to get that one point steal. And this put him ahead 17 to 16 at the end of the round. It was a solid round from both these guys. They both had good, really good round one and two. Um, you know, neither of them went perfect, but you know, really high level play, and, and I, that's what I expect. And again, on the same level, really. Only difference was that Bibbs wasn't able to capitalize on the steal, you know, and, and so otherwise, it, if he had gotten that steal, then they would be tied again. You know, this would have been a, a really really tight back and forth and it really even even with the the gap of one point it was still a really tight back and forth uh then we get into round three and it comes down to that five pointer as it does so many other times and chance sorry buddy sorry cobra unable to get that five pointer giving william bibiani the win 26 to 22 my boy William Bibiani, I was rooting for him the whole way. I always do. And I was so happy. Had me nervous there, you know. I was getting worried, you know. I mean, because if Chance had gotten his five, then we wouldn't be talking about that. You know, it would be a whole different ball game. So, it, you never know what's going to happen. You know, it could literally be anything, any any question, any amount of points that could, could take you down. Um, and in this instance, it happened to be Chance's five. Uh, so then, you know, nothing really too interesting happened during the post-interviews. You know, some goofy stuff. You know, uh, Chance being his broody kind of self. Um, and then we got uh, a scene in between matches. Marisol and Sam, a real simple scene. Nothing nothing too crazy. Marisol and Sam. Uh, Sam telling her, you know, how great she is. 
uh, how honored he is to to be facing her. She says, you know, that she, you know, she reciprocates, uh, you know, all the love. They shake hands, and then Sam goes off to find his Uber Eats driver, and that's it. You know, real simple, um, just something to you know lead in, show how how classy both of these competitors really are uh, leading into this match. And that match is Sam Levine versus Marisol McKee for the singles championship. The first singles championship match of the year. And holy shit, was it amazing. I have to say, before I even get into it, probably the one of if not the best match that we've ever had in this mode and i know that seems i I don't, I don't know if that seems like a like a hot take or not but to me everything that went down in this match from the gameplay uh to the sheer amount of points to the record that's broken at the end um it's incredible uh, what happened here. It's not something that we've ever seen before. And so I think that's why this... this I feel like... I don't think that there will be any other match that will top this one this year. So I feel like we've already seen our our match of the year. Um, and I, I think this is definitely in running for match of all time. Just That's just my opinion. Uh, so they both get a perfect first round. 11 to 11. They just smoke right through all those questions. Uh, they get perfect round twos with Sam spinning comedy and Marisol uh, spinning Jodie Foster. Um, again, like I said, they go perfect. Sam pulled out some big answers. You know, he struggled a bit, but he got them. Uh, and, uh, and Marisol did fantastic in hers, 21 to 21 at the end of round two. It's nuts. Like, there's a lot going on here, but it's almost, it's kind of hard. Like, there's not a lot to necessarily talk about because just how damn well they did you know they there was no controversy no um no challenges no flubs nothing just perfect answers perfect rounds it was incredible to watch uh then we get into round three the betting round um marisol first spins harrison ford and then uh finally we get to to see the utilization of the uh the respin on the round three and she respins it and of course lands right back on harrison ford um and they both wager three of course you know that's what you're gonna do here they they're they're two these two competitors are far too confident to have wagered anything other than that i i would have been surprised if either of them had wagered less than three and they both nailed it so now we're 24 to 24 it's just dead heat all the way through three rounds, and then we come to the dreaded speed round. Now, the speed round, I think I agree with Christian. Um, this version uh, of the speed round is way better than what he calls the fast money round, which we saw in the digital, which was the 10 questions. Um, this adds the drama to it. You know, like, I feel like if this, if we did fast money, this match would have gone on forever. It probably would have, they probably both would have gotten all the answers. And then we would have gone into sudden death. Who knows how long that would have taken. But the fat, the the speed round, the buzzer round, is what really adds the sport element to the schmodown. And Sam has not lost a beat. This guy hit four out of five questions, which I was like, holy shit. He's just nailing these things, man. Buzzer, buzzer. I, I'm assuming. He, I feel like he goes to bed, buzzer in hand. He's sleep buzzing. You know, <laughs> like I, I don't, I don't know how he is so fast on this buzzer. But that was a thing that you know, that's kind of what won him matches in the past. You know, um, was the, this quick hand on the buzzer and being able to get four out of five. Man, that's that's intense. Uh, Marisol got the other one, and so this put Sam three points ahead. They were deadlocked all game, tied all the way up, and now Sam has a three-point lead. And that's that's not that's not good with the way the game has been going. You don't want that, you know. Um, and unfortunately 
for Marisol, they both went perfect this round the, in the fifth round. And Sam gets the win 38 to 35. This is the first time ever that both players have gone completely perfect in a five round match. It's incredible to see. Not a single point missed. No one checked it to uh, multiple choice. It was incredible. And it's that speed round. That speed round makes the difference, you know? Like I said, it puts the sport into the sports entertainment side of the Schmodown. And uh, I I really think this is a thing that people really need to focus on, you know? Um, most people don't think about it because you don't play five-round matches very often. And so if you're going to strive to be an elite player, you got to get the buzzer round down. It is it is imperative that you practice mock matches. Time yourself. Speed. Boom, boom, boom. How fast can you get to that thing? And I understand it's also about recall. But, like, you got to be able to hit that button. You got to get in there and you got to hit. Don't hesitate. Marisol hesitated. Shannon even talks about this during the, the post interview. Marisol, there was like one of the questions where she hesitated and Sam capitalized and nabbed it uh, ahead of her. So you got to be confident and you got to go for it um, and, ho and hope you get it right. Because, like, even Sam guessed on one of them, it was between two movies was between bruce almighty and evan almighty and he picked evan almighty and he got it right you know he could have he could have gone the other way and really screwed you know a lot i mean he still would have won though that's the thing because that would have cost him essentially two points and since he won by three he still would have won that's the crazy part is he could have screwed himself there and still won the match just because he's nailing all the other ones so much. It's It was wild to see. It was an incredible match. Uh, again, like I said, this might be the greatest match of all time. Absolutely the match of the year. I do not think any other match is going to top it. I We never know, though. If we could get another match that's better than this one, then this will be the greatest year of the Schmodown that we've ever seen. Like, that, it's... It's already turning out to be one of the like the best season that we've ever seen. But if we get another match that's better than this one, it'll solidify season nine as the greatest season of all time. It's it's just it's it's incredible. Uh, Shannon uh, actually was pretty inspiring. She gave a, an inspiring speech to Marisol here during the, uh, the post interview. Um, and to me, it, it proves why she is the greatest manager of all time. You know, a lot of people want to say it's Gucci, and I'm like, nah. Gucci is good on the mic. He's a, he's he's a damn good manager. Problem is, he's so unpredictable, um, and at times unreliable. As we saw last year, when he was not around a lot, you know, and that is why I could not have I couldn't pick him for manager of the year last year at all not he wasn't even in consideration for me because he wasn't around a lot of the time and so uh i think these are big reasons and this is why i think she, and it's it's weird because like shannon came in at the end of what was it season six like during spectacular i believe she's when she came out and then we get into season seven you know, things started off good, you know, and everything. She's got the faction and everything. And then we get into the digital and everything. And she just shined throughout these last two years. And there's a reason. It's because she is that damn good. Um, Shannon is, is incredible. And uh, I never... When, when she took over Corruption... I didn't think I was going to like her, you know what I mean? Because she was like, she was the heel. And I didn't think I was going to like her, but like, there's, I don't know what it is. She has the charisma of a freaking thousand sons or something. I don't even know, man. I, I have no analogy for it, but um, she, I don't know, man, how she, how she managed to pull it off, but she has become the greatest, in my opinion, the greatest manager of all time. Um, I'm sure that some of you out there are going to disagree with me and, have uh, your own hot takes or whatever. So feel free. 
hop in the comments, hop on the Twitter at movie blog Merck. Let me know. Let me hear it. I, I'd love to I'd love to hear what you guys think. Uh we also got uh confirmation that Marisol will be getting a number one contenders match soon. Um as well. She's she's still in the game. You know, she's you know, it's not like she's going to the back of the line or anything. And uh my assumption is that she's either gonna be play uh facing um Ethan or uh maybe Bibbs or, or Griffin Newman, depending on how they uh work everything because i think uh, ethan is next in line i believe he would be uh because he was he was number two under sam so he would be the next one and so i'm wondering if maybe they'll do like a couple of matches like maybe marisol and ethan and then like maybe uh or like marisol and griffin and, and ethan and bibs because it would be like the the one in three and the two and four player um and then the winners would face off uh, against one another i don't know um or if maybe she's just going to straight up get a number one contender match against just ethan most likely then um either way uh i think it'll be i mean she she beat him before she and that's who she took the title from last year so if it is ethan uh, i think she'll be able to, to handle it whether she'll be able to take out Sam, I don't know. It's all about that speed round, really, is what it's about. If she can, if she can hone her speed round skills with the buzzer, I think she could do this. Um, and then we got a post scene for this one: Ben and Kate hinting at uh, Ben Ch Ben Bateman challenging somebody. At that point, we had no idea who it was, but. As we found out, we get into the next episode of Friday Night Titans. We do find out exactly who that is. And we're going to get into it right now. So, uh, yeah, that was that was the pay-per-view. I'd love to hear your thoughts before we get into the next uh, episode. Um, I'd love to hear your thoughts. Uh, what did you think of the pay-per-view of Friday Night Titans Episode 4? Uh, let me know in the comments or hop on Twitter at MovieBlogMerk. Let me know. And uh, I'm curious, who did you think was going to be Ben's partner? Or uh, not Ben's partner, Ben's uh, uh, opponent. Who did you think it was going to be? I'd love to hear your thoughts. I didn't get to ask this question last week, uh, which would have been better because <laughs> nobody would have known. But I'm, I'm curious who everybody thought it was going to be because there were a lot. I mean, my first thought was ooh, is it going to be dan merle because that would be cool former teammates now he's going to challenge him that would be a pretty epic match i think so uh it, it, I'm, i'll say this for anybody out there who hasn't watched it i'm about to spoil that uh it was not dan merle so uh we will get into episode five of friday night titans right now uh which started off with a scene with a couple of people we have not seen in a while we had Nick Harley and Jacoby Bancroft, Chaos Theory. Uh, and they, they're super confused. They have no idea what's going on with the stars, with Roxy. They want to try to save the stars, to save Roxy from Chandru, you know, from, 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 the, from the toxicity uh, of Chandru and bring her back to the light, to the good side. And Nick says, you know, he, he'll talk to her. He'll go and talk to her. And my first, like I wrote this in my notes, my very first thought as I watched this was, Nick Harley is going to double-cross Jacoby. That's what's going to happen. And as we see at the end, sure as shit, I called it, Nick Harley does wind up uh, turning on him. I'll talk a little bit more about that uh, as we get, you know, when we get there, but... Man, I honestly didn't think we were going to get a resolution to that in the same episode. I thought that was going to like maybe carry over, but apparently not. <laughs> uh, so then we get another scene. We got uh, Brandon, Hannah, and Koi. Hannah is excited about uh, being on the Mercs. And then out comes Jesse Swift, former member of, of the Quirky Mercs, confronts Koi. Uh, for dropping him to pick up Brandon Hannah instead for Inner Geekdom. And due to all of this, Swift challenges Hannah uh, to show Koi, you know, what he lost, essentially. 
uh and he calls them the quirky jerks which i thought was funny but i thought this was a great way to set up like maybe a little a mini feud you know uh here uh between jesse swift and and brandon hannah um you know the the spurned player who was booted out for for someone else who uh, you know in his first teams match couldn't even get the job done wasn't it or geek them but it was still a match so like it it almost look makes it look like oh well you picked up somebody new you know to the team and he couldn't even get the job done in his teams match and so uh, it made to me it made complete sense. Um, as to why Jesse Swift would be coming out like this. And uh, that's the kind of stuff I want to see. And I love that that's what we're getting. And then we get into the studio and Rachel fucking Cushing on the desk. Finally, I was so excited to see this. Rachel Cushing is incredible. She is uh, one of the absolute best inner geekdom players to ever, ever play the game. Um, so it was incredible to see her on the desk for this match, finally getting her uh, in there. We knew before um, that she was going to be part of the desk team. And so it's nice to finally see her getting uh, in there. And uh, as the announcers, as her and Mark are talking, Ben Bateman comes out. You know, the match hasn't even started yet. Uh, ben Bateman comes out. And... He decides he's going to announce who he's going to challenge. He is going to challenge the one and only, the self-proclaimed best 3-0 player out there, Rick the Rager Raddus. Uh, that, this guy. Last year, we had a lot of, lot of really interesting rookies come into play. And this guy came in with this crazy gimmick, this hey, daddy-o gimmick. I, I don't even know what to call it. And he got under my skin, but I couldn't help but be intrigued by him, you know? And the problem that I have is that he completely dropped part of this gimmick. He no longer does the accent or anything. He barely does any of the like you, you know, the like the catchphrases or anything that he was doing. He really toned down his character, and I am not a fan of that. Like everything he did last season was what to me made him stand out, made him really interesting. And if we're not going to keep that, then what's the point of even? doing part of it completely change your gimmick that repackage yourself and come in as something new but i don't know man i wasn't a fan of that but like i said ben challenged him uh radis comes you know came out uh and told ben that he has to earn it first because like i said he's the best three and oh player out there uh and he says that if ben can find himself a partner and face him and uh, brother Lomas in a tag match, then he'll give him the the singles match that he so desperately wants. And uh, he's giving him 45 minutes to find a partner. We even get a little clock at the top of the, of the screen, the Raddus clock, which I thought was uh, was funny. Um, and this, we, we find out some cool stuff later on. Uh, about what's going to happen with this. Um, and I got more to say about him and Lomas uh, once that match comes around. But first, we get into the Jesse Swift versus Brandon Hanna match for uh, the Inner Geekdom match. Brandon got himself an entrance here. That's right. So it seems to be the quirky mercs are the ones dominating the entrances at the moment. Because we had uh, Bibiani the week before. And now we got Brandon Hanna uh, this week uh, where he's got like a bunch of uh, like villains that come out and he knocks them out. You can tell one of them was uh, Winston. One of them uh, was Brother Lomas. And I'm not sure who the other one is. It might have been it might have been Rick Raddus. I have no I, honestly, I'm not sure. Um, but you could tell at least those two were, were there, which I thought was funny. But yeah, he's just he knocks out these three villains. 
and then he, he does his thing. He goes, you know, because he is the Hornet. Um, I thought that was it was fun. You know, nothing too crazy, nothing too big. Uh, but I like that we're really finally starting to see more of these entrances. You know, so uh, hopefully we'll get a little bit more elaborate, do some more because they these do some incredible entrances, especially Bibiani. Bibiani, man, he he was the guy. Him, uh, Brand Chandler. Uh, Stacy Howard and them, uh, even even like Janine, Janine did some amazing ones uh, as well back in the day. So uh, the, I want to, I really want to see. I think that's something that they should do. They should uh, go back and make like a compilation video of like some of the best entrances ever made and post that up on the channel because I'd love to go back and just watch some of the amazing entrances that have happened. Just watch a video of that. I think that would be incredible to see. Uh, so. We get into the match. Neither of them do very well in round one. Okay, it's seven to six. Jesse Swift in the lead here. I was really surprised, you know. Um, Brandon Hanna, you know, for for everything that you know we talked about with his team's match when he did that, he's supposed to be intergeekdom, man. Like six points out of ten. That's not good. It's just not, man. And uh Hopefully, both of these guys can, especially Brandon, um, because he's going to be moving forward and you know and having more matches because he just because he wins this match uh, as we find out later. Um, if he's not going to shore up these these kind of gaps in his knowledge, then he's not going to make it far, you know. And then then what was the point of of you know dropping? jesse swift or or not picking up somebody else that could have been picked up i don't know um it's 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 tough but he's he's not going to be elite if he can't get at least eight points realistically that's just just the way it's going to be he has to get over that hump uh so we get into round two jesse gets uh fantasy sci-fi he Misses one and then drops to multiple choice a couple times. Brandon picks up a big two-point steal uh, here. That's, that was huge. Um, and then Brandon gets Middle Earth, and he winds up missing two questions here. But Jesse's only able to capitalize on one of them for a one-point steal. And see, this is what I'm talking about. Brandon missed four questions in the first round, missed two questions in round two. That's... You can't do that if you're going to be an elite player. You really, really can't. And he got lucky that Jesse had a terrible round three. Um, Hannah had Hannah had to answer his two because Jesse was ahead 14 to 13 at the end of round two. And then Jesse blew all three of his round three, uh, round three questions. And I don't know how many times that's happened. It's not often. And I did not think that was going to happen here. I really didn't. Um, it's 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 hard to to see because like Jesse had the lead all the way through. You know, he led round one, he led round two, and then all it takes is is a bad round three to just send you packing. And that's what we saw here. He couldn't even he couldn't even throw it back to Brandon Hanna, unfortunately. Uh, and Hannah wins the match 15 to 14. It's not a, TK, a TKO because he was behind uh, coming in. But if he had been ahead by one point instead of behind, this would have been a TKO because he lost all three of those questions. And it's, it's, it's heartbreaking to see. Uh, yeah. And then, you know, the, the, after, you know, the, the post interviews again, nothing, nothing too. Uh, exciting or crazy, you know, Jesse's not happy about, you know, what happened. And, uh, Brandon is, is being that overly cheerful, <laughs> good guy. I don't know how long that's going to last. We'll see. It's, uh, it's interesting. It's an interesting change. I'm still getting used to it. I'm so used to him being, uh, a not great guy, a guy who, uh, who I used to like raz on Twitter cause, uh, for his character, you know, and, and he knew, uh, you know, we, we exchanged, um, you know, messages about it. You know, uh, I, there were a few times where I wanted to make sure, you know, that certain things I said were okay, you know, uh, before I said them, things like that. 
um just to try to kind of play play his his character up a bit more uh as because he was so good at it so good at getting under the skin of of fans it was incredible um and to see him as this kind of like goofy face i don't know how but it works i don't know i don't understand how it works but it does uh it's it's weird and uh you never know like part of me is like is he gonna is he just gonna turn one day and we're not gonna see it coming i i don't know man but he it, it's keeping me on my toes it's it, it keeps me a little uneasy and i kind of dig that i kind of dig that uh so then we get a scene we got uh rick radis and brother lomas uh lomas is worried uh that radis is, is in over his head a bit with this whole uh ben bateman thing um and radis is reassuring him he's like you know we got this i got this and uh again it's still weird having him not talk in uh in his accent that from last season and it's also i'll be honest weird seeing brother lomas uh like kind of like i i want to say in person but you know I, i'm still watching it on a tv um but like not through a little computer screen you know as we saw in the digital he's there you know in the studio it's weird to see um you know there's no no black and white or anything like no filter um or anything like that so uh it was interesting um and then we're gonna find out who bateman's partner is uh but first lomas and radis come out and they are now called the reckoning i think it's a it's a good name i think uh, i don't know how it fits in with with the rager but uh, it definitely fits in with uh brother lomas uh, but in general i think i like the name um and then ben comes out he gets a text message right at the last second you know right at the last minute saying oh he's got a partner and it is none other than fucking andrew guy baby that's right team action is back at least for this match uh and holy shit i was so thrilled to see this andrew guy on the desk is incredible he has been one of the best commentators that we've ever seen but having him come in and reform team action even if it's only for one night it was just incredible and guy has not missed a step character wise it it's like he it's like team action never left you know where's the belts baby later on we get a champ a champ's lunch reference which i was like yes champ's lunch um but they haven't missed a beat and in fact guy has gotten better you know uh he he blows it out of the water in this match it's crazy how uh how good you know he kind of became synonymous uh or kind of like similar to like like josh makuga where it's like he might get some some answers he might not get some answers who knows but he's always fun to watch uh but man he crushed it and was the most entertaining person of all of them and there's some big personalities happening in this match so uh throughout this match uh, throughout round one i noticed uh, that radis and lomas seemed to just completely lose their mojo there there's like no character work happening they just they seem kind of they seem kind of almost down i don't know if like being in the studio was daunting if being there with team action was a little too much because uh, i mean they can be uh a bit intimidating you know guy especially guy because he's firing on all cylinders uh in this match and i i feel like that could be intimidating but it just especially lomas it felt like he just he, he just wasn't in it um i don't know why i don't know what it was uh i hope there, there was nothing like it going on like outside of it um i hope he's okay if that's if that is the case but it's just you know i was expecting that that big bravado preacher character to be you know talking his stuff and you know what i mean and trying to get into their heads but 
it barely happened, you know, outside of the, you know, the promos, the, the video, the scenes that we saw, and then like the, the post credit interview, the post interview, um, during the match, we got like none of that. And same with, with the Rager, you know, there's like, there was like nothing. There was no, they seemed kind of, I guess, I think the best word would be, they seemed kind of timid. And I, I'm like, this is not what I expected from them. So hopefully they'll get over that. And if it was nerves or whatever it was, hopefully they'll get over that hump and be able to uh, flourish. Cause I think that they make a, a great team together. Um, like these two personalities are, are, are fascinating to, to work off of one another. So I really hope to see them, uh, you know, kind of get back in the game of it and flourish uh, as well. I think, I think they will be a great team if they can kind of, really just lock in and have fun with it just the way that team action did uh and they did fantastic here uh, i think lomas missed one question it was that's the the evil dead question and uh everybody else got a perfect round um it, it, including andrew guy you know team action together got a perfect a completely perfect round including the uh the bonus question so Round one, 22 to 20 in favor of team action. That's, I thought, I was like, holy, holy shit. Andrew, guys, he's here to play, man. Like, he he ain't screwing around. I was worried about it. I'll be totally honest with you. I was worried that Ben would have to be kind of carrying this match. But nah, Andrew Guy over here just pulling his weight and, and kicking ass. I loved it. Um, so then we get into round two. The Reckoning winds up on the Rocky franchise. And uh, <laughs> team action taking selfies during the round was hilarious this they were probably up there in entertainment value with like what we saw with the wildberries and the very first match of the season like just incredible stuff i need to see wildberries versus team action in this studio both of them doing their crazy stuff that's what i want to see uh i think it would be an incredible match to be honest with you. I don't know. I'm sure Team Action probably won, but you never know. You never know. Uh, so, uh, oh, also Guy skipping around the studio. I literally burst out laughing while I was sitting here watching it. I could not help myself. I just burst out laughing when Guy was skipping around the studio. Uh, and so the Reckoning winds up missing two, um, and Team Action got a two-point steal off of this. They missed one of the steals, but I don't count that against them. I don't know how the records count uh, as far as like perfect games go or whatnot, but I didn't count that uh, against because it wasn't their question specifically. But uh, technically, they did miss uh, that one uh, that one steal. Um, and then Team Action spins, and I was like, "Holy shit! You got to be kidding me!" They landed on Tom. Cruise and any of you out there who know Team Action, who've ever watched their show or any other pod, ever listened to to them talk, looked at their Twitter page for crying out loud, know that they love Tom Cruise. Uh, I I was like, holy shit! I can't believe that this has happened. Um, and uh, we actually got our first challenge here. Uh, it's of the of this uh, night, I guess you could say. Uh, I feel like it's been a bit. I'm not even sure. I'm trying to think if there was actually a challenge. Um, I'm forgetting, to be totally honest. It's only been a few weeks, and I'm already forgetting. But uh, I, there obviously wasn't one the previous week because I just talked about that uh, that whole uh, episode. And uh, now we got a challenge on the board here, and I thought this was a great challenge because. As soon as he says the question and then Mark says it's wrong, I'm like, no. Instantly, I'm like, no. According to the brand new rules, that should be correct. Because as uh, Guy and Ben uh, state, that specifically Ben, I think, is the one who states the rules. Uh, according to the brand new rules, if the franchise is stated in the question... You do not need to state the full name of it. You can just give, like, either the number or the or the 
subtitle or whatever, you know, like that. So, and him saying MI3, especially with MI3 being kind of like what it's called in a lot of marketing and things like that. Perfectly acceptable. And I'm glad that the line judge agreed with that. They got the points um, because that, that, I mean, I, it wouldn't, have, it wouldn't have changed the outcome of the game, but it could have theoretically thrown team action off of their game. You know what I mean? So uh, I'm glad that that did not happen. Um, and so even though they did not uh, check to, or that they, even though they checked to multiple uh, choice twice uh, during their round, they still wound up getting a perfect uh, round here uh, in, 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 in round two. Um, they got all their questions right. Like I said, they did not get that steal, but they did get uh, all of their questions uh, right. Now, the only issue that I had um, with their gameplay throughout this this round was that they were there was multiple times where they slow played it. Now, I know that's like a thing that they do, you know, right to the last second, but they slow played it so close that they almost didn't because there were a couple times where a like, guy was fumbling with his answer and it almost cost them the answer. And so I like I know that's their thing. I know that's their shtick. But I personally, I think that they gotta they gotta chill on that. They they really need to just get the answer out. Even even say wait till two, you know, till to instead of instead of waiting till one and then saying wait till two, and then say it. But because if he had said the wrong thing, he wouldn't have had any time to fix his answer. You know what I mean? It would have been done, and that would have screwed them over. So. Uh, so at the end of round two, we're at 32 to 26, a six point lead, which is incredible. It's almost impossible to come back from that. It's not completely impossible, but it's almost impossible. You have to ask Frank Janice uh, uh, what the uh, stats are on people with a six point deficit coming back to win a game. Um, it's rare. It's very rare. Uh, and so we get into round three and the reckoning was, you know, they made it all the way to their five. They were unable to get that five. Uh, and this gives Team Action a TKO win here uh, and a what I called a technical perfect game. 32-31. to 31. Not a single question missed of their own questions. Only the one multiple, or the only the one uh, steal that they missed. Uh, but of their their game, they, they had a technical perfect game. Um, and that means that that's the first perfect game. For team action because this was the first perfect game for uh, uh for um andrew guy and so that's that's incredible to me they come back after four years i think uh kind of kind of like sam coming back after four years and running a perfect game in uh in, in his second match and or in his no that was his was it his first match too no yeah no he did he had uh, he had a perfect game both those matches and uh, maybe more people just need to take four years off, come back, and run some perfect games. I don't know. But uh, I, I really hope we get to see more team action, to be honest with you. Uh, so then during team action's post-interview, Rick Raddus comes in hot. You know, chi you know he he's, he's confirms the challenge to Ben Bateman for next week. Uh, and, I, and my first thought was, where was all this energy during the match? You know, you're coming in hot here. You're doing your Rick Raddus thing. You're doing the Rager. Where was the Rager during the match? I don't know. Um, but he sure as hell wasn't there. Hopefully the next time we'll see we'll see him there. Uh, and there was I caught something. I'm sure other people caught this as well. But Guy made a comment that he said uh, he may not. Something along the lines of like, you know, he may not play. But he, he would manage Ben. And it got me, I was like, wait a minute, Ben has a manager. He's on the den, and Kate is his manager, even though she wasn't there. Uh, so what does this mean? Is Ben going to leave? Is is Guy going to join the den? Is is there, is there he going to be like a co-manager, uh, co or was it just a slip of the tongue? I don't know. I'd love to hear your guys' thoughts, what you think is going on here. And also, like I said before, Chaps, Champs Lunch! That's right. 
Got to have that champ's lunch. Uh, and then the Reckoning gets their interview. And again, full force into their characters here. Just like when Ray, uh, Rick Raddus was, you know, crashed Team Action's interview. But where was this during the match? We need the Rager. We need Brother Lomas. We need these characters to be these characters through their match. If they can't play while being these characters, then maybe don't be these characters. Because then it just doesn't feel like them. You know what I mean? It, it feels fake at that point. And you don't want that. You want the, it, all of it to feel real. Um, and so hopefully they will be able to, to kind of get back on track when it comes to that. Uh, and so we get an end scene here. The stars are talking backstage. Roxy says she's got things covered and no one will suspect a thing about what's going on. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Because I don't think it has anything to do with what's about to happen. I think this is something else, something completely different. Um, so she's planning something. So keep an eye on Roxy because she's planning something. Something's going to go down. And I'm, I'm thinking soon. Something's going to go down. Uh, so then Nick and Jacoby come in, and they're trying to get her to go back to being good. You know, they're like, you know, what are you doing with, with Chandru? And, and look what you did to, to Ethan, you know. You, you, you got to come back. And Nick's, Nick turns on him, just like I called, and he goes back over to uh, the, the stars, puts his glasses on, and he is that heel that we saw in the FCL. That's the thing. When Nick Harley came over from the FCL, he dropped that whole gimmick, really. And it it didn't work for me. I was like, okay, you're just kind of boring now. And so uh, I, I like that. It seems like we're going to see that, that FCL Nick Harley come back. So I'm excited for that. And what does this what does this mean? Are we gonna get Nick Harley versus Jacoby Bancroft maybe next week? Maybe that'll be the undercard. I don't know. Um, I could see it, and I'd be down for it. Um, but we're definitely gonna be getting Ben Bateman versus Rick Raddus next week uh, as the main event going into uh, the next episode of Friday Night Titans. So I'm really excited about that. Um, let me know your guys' thoughts uh, on these two little past two weeks worth of Shimodan. Love to hear what you think. Um, ha ha hop on over to Twitter at MovieBlogMerk. You can always leave a comment here on the YouTube channel as well. Um, anywhere you'd like, you know, if you could find me, just do it. Drop me a line. Uh, we, I have a Facebook page as well, so you can check me out there. Um, but yeah, that's all I got here for you. So uh, thank you again for joining me today. I am Josh the Merc Rainer, and uh, you can follow me on Twitter at MovieBlogMerc. If you are watching on the YouTube channel, be sure to hit the subscribe button, smash that like button if you like what you see, and click that little bell uh, so you always get notified whenever you, uh, you know, I drop a brand new video and you want to see it. I got a lot of stuff going on here. I got uh, How I Met Your Mother podcast, Last Call McLaren's, which is good stuff. Um, I've got uh, a brand a brand new one. I think we just put out the second episode um, called Battle of the Decades, 80s versus 90s. Me and my buddy Mike battle it out. He's got the 80s. I got the 90s. We pick a category. We each take a movie from that category, uh, and we battle it out uh, to see uh, if we can convince one another that uh, our pick is the best. Uh, so check that out. Um, and we've got, you know, a few others as well. We've got, oh, what a Marvel where we talk about the MCU stuff. We've got, uh, Hey Mando, where we talk about the Star Wars Mandoverse, uh, stuff as well. And if you're over on the, um, the podcast feeds, uh, whether you're on Anchor or, uh, Spotify or Apple Podcasts or any of them, um, I, I put up all the audios of these shows as well as an audio exclusive show called Prime Picks where my buddy Mike, uh, talks to you know various people and they discuss movies on Prime Video. You know something that um, a lot of people don't really talk much about Prime Video, and so there's a lot of good stuff there. So uh, they talk a lot about that. Uh, I think the most recent one was the uh, the cult classic horror film Chud. So if you're if that's something you're into, go and check that out uh, exclusively 
on the podcast feed. So uh, again, um, I am Josh the Merc Rainer, and we have been talking Schmodown. Catch you guys next time.